0: Hi, Medford Bytes listeners. On today's episode, you will hear from the Medford Public Library's children's librarian, Sam Sednick, community member and the owner of Book Wonder, Melanie Raylan, and a special guest. Important dates and other information mentioned by today's guests will be in the show notes for easy access. Hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. Um, Do you mind just introducing yourself, saying your name and your pronouns?
1: Sure. Uh, My name is Sam Sednick, and my pronouns are she, her. And um, yeah,
0: I'm the children's librarian at Medford Public Library. Awesome. Um, Yeah, we're sitting here in the new recording space in the new library. I know, we snuck in. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm very grateful to be here. so the first question I've been asking folks is just um, what their favorite place to eat is in Medford and what they like to eat there.
1: Well, I definitely think that, that everyone calls out Colleen's <laughs> um, because as a person with an extreme s- sweet tooth, having like ice cream for breakfast, lunch, or dinner seems like a great, great life choice. Yeah. Um, and occasionally, I guess I have to eat cheese sandwiches too. So <laughs> Colleen. Colleen's is that. Um, but I, I've. We've been out in West Medford in, in our temporary space, and um, Simple Fair has been mm-hmm. a really delightful place. I nice. could eat their chips all day long. Mm. So <laughs> clearly <Good>. healthy options.
0: <laughs> CHIPS, cheese, and ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> all of the food groups. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, awesome. Well, thank you, Sam. You, you mentioned that you're the children's librarian. So I just had, I wanted to sort of kind of hear about that, like kind of what led you to to your role here in Medford.
1: Yeah. So. Um, I graduated from Boston University a very long time ago, and didn't really know what to do with a, a bachelor's in English because it doesn't really pin you into a job. So I I signed up for the Peace Corps, and I ended up serving um, in the country of Lesotho in southern Africa. And while I was there, I was uh, I was teaching English and science there, but um, I ended up doing a lot of community library development and seeing how important access to information can be to a community that doesn't have a ton of it really um, kind of opened my, my eye to what a library can be. Mm. Um, so when I came back, I, I got my master's in library and in information science at the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. Mm. And then I made mm. my way back to Massachusetts because mm. I kind of fell in love with it when <laughs> I was at BU. Um, so. Uh, I started as a children's librarian here in
0: 2013, and I've just been kind of kicking around Medford Mm -hmm. ever since. Nice. Yeah, you mentioned kind of thinking about what a library could be, and I think some of us are familiar with the old library, and lots of us, as lots of us, I think, are excited for the new library. Um, What's been like that process? What's that process been like for you, sort of transitioning here?
1: Yeah, so I've been very fortunate to be part of the, the building crew for this. Uh, we've been on a building team, so I've been in the design phase and in the planning phase and, and kind of in the back of it all along with Barbara Kerr, our our director, and Nicole Perot at the teen services librarian. Um, so it doesn't feel as startling to me because <laughs> I've been like plodding along all the way through, um, but it's really delightful to see it coming coming the point where we're going to be opening doors here soon Mm. Um, and I really hope that that the folks that have been just really waiting for it have all of their boxes ticked Mm. but what I'm really excited about with this new library is that there are people that haven't used the library in a long Mm. time the old library wasn't a space for them or you know they never had a chance to drop in and I hope that just the sheer curiosity of new building Mm. in Medford brings them in because I think I think there's a little something for everyone mm-hmm. here and I and I hope to to yeah. to help help people find that for themselves yeah
0: thank you yeah and it's uh I think it's been really cool to see all the ways that the library has adapted to the pandemic the I remember like doing making a reservation when we could finally go back into the library getting lots of requesting lots of books and being able to pick them up and seeing some of the like art kits that you all are preparing for um for for folks to like bring home and What's uh, so, and it sounds like a lot of that's going to be like in person now, or people will be able to come to the library. So, do you want to talk at all about you know people what people can expect when the library opens?
1: Yeah, so we're hoping to open in early January, um, and we are going to go back to to live programming in the space. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a little bit more space here, like in temporary space, we had no space, so it was a a thing Um, for children's programming for a while. We'll probably be asking folks to wear masks if they're over the age of two, but. Uh, we, can, we can see each other, we mm-hmm. can do some story times mm-hmm. and some projects, and we have a lot more programming spaces in the new library. So we would like to start doing programs where we're doing stop motion animation, or mm-hmm. we, have a, we have a green screen so we can play around with that. Mm-hmm. We have a maker space so we can build and do wild creative things in there. And then of course we have our story time rooms, and so those story times will be coming back um and we are just really looking forward to seeing folks again um but yeah we learned a lot during the pandemic about making things accessible even if people can't come into the space Mm -hmm. and uh, our hope is to try and continue some of that um like the take and make programs will Mm -hmm. probably stay for a while where Mm -hmm. we'll occasionally do a craft where you know you can't come and spend an hour in our space and make something but you can grab the supplies and do Mm -hmm. it at home sometime um, so look look forward to having some of that be part of our regular way that we do programming in the
0: future. It's awesome. Yeah, and yeah, I was lucky enough to get a tour from you before we sat down for this interview, and it's like looks like a, I mean, there's no furniture in here, but a huge space, and yeah. the, the kids area looks awesome, and I'm excited for everybody to get to see it. Um, Can you give us an idea of like the timeline of when things will open?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the really important thing is we are closing the temporary space on December 4th. That's the last day it's open. And I know there's like winter holidays coming up. So if you need to stock up on books for December, now is the time Mm. to do it. Get into the temporary space with your uh, like wagon (laughs) so that you can fill it up with books and take it out. We'd we'd love to see everyone get all the things that they need for that uh, that month um, But then we will close on December 4th, and hopefully we will be reopening on January 3rd mm-hmm. and so and, and We hope to see everyone and we will that week be starting programming again, so um, We'll do a slow start with some of the story times that that have been gone for mm-hmm. a while and then we'll roll into a lot of exciting programs yeah, is there anything else that you want to mention about the library? Um, I mean, it's super amazing. and <laughs> I can't wait to see everyone come in and check out our space. So, uh, what whatever thing excites you in the world, whether it is you're really into building things or, you know, you have a, a band that you've been performing with and you want to cut your single or mm. you want to try out a new way to code a program, mm. we have, equipment and spaces for you to play around and explore and create and learn and discover. Mm -hmm. And it's all here at the Medford Public Library
0: and we can't wait to see everyone. Uh, Yeah, it's really cool to hear you talk about that because I think people think about libraries and they think about like books, right? And it sounds like so much more that you guys are planning here and so much more that you've been doing for so long.
1: Yeah, I mean, books are amazing because that's where you get your ideas, Mm. but then you got to take those ideas outside of the books and do something amazing (laughs) with it. Um, and so we're trying to give you some space to take those crazy crafts from the books or the the, the wild engineering project, and give you a little space to get that to the next level mm. and go on from there.
0: Great. Well, I'm really excited for everything to open up, and thank you so Us much. Too. <laughs> Thanks so much to Sam for sharing your excitement and for nice. all the work of you and your colleagues that helped bring this awesome new library. Before we get to our next interview, I have a special guest who's also excited about the new library. Could you tell us your name? Cole. And Cole, how old are you? Five and a half. And what are your pronouns? He and He and him? He and him. Right. Nicole, I was wondering, do you have a favorite book that you like to read? I like Captain Underpants books. Yeah, and what do you like about Captain Underpants? I like the Flapping Pages. The Flapping Pages. They make action in the book, kinda of brings the book to life. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I was wondering is there anything that you're excited for about the new library?
2: Um, the quiet
0: space. The, the quiet. quiet space. Yeah, the quiet space with like the cool chair, you said. Yeah. Yeah, Sam was able to show that to me. It was really cool. Well, thank you so much, Cole, for being on the podcast. Okay. You're welcome. All right. Well please enjoy the next interview after a brief ad from Reimagine. <laughs> looking
3: for a little party this holiday season why not try reimagines holiday party of fitness it's our 14-day trial we'll be hosting in december where you'll get to try a little bit of all the fitness training we offer it's like an extended date but better because we won't ghost you this 14-day trial includes a one-on-one fitness strategy session to discuss your fitness history and goals Your first workout will be your one personal training session where you'll go through a program that is designed for you, your body, and your goals. You'll also receive three small group personal training sessions where you'll be coached through your training program, but with two new friends as your training buddies. And lastly, you'll receive two of our small group fitness classes. These classes have pre-planned workouts where you'll enjoy the camaraderie of the other participants in class as you all go through the workout together. So don't forget to join our party for 14 days. Claim your spot by visiting our website, www.reimagym.com, that's spelled R-E-I-M-A-G-Y-M, and clicking the 14-day trial link. This party lasts all of December, but you don't want to miss out. So claim yours today.
0: All right, so thank you so much for making time for me today. If you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself with your name and pronouns.
2: Sure. My name is Melanie Raylan, and my pronouns are she, her, they, them.
0: Great. Thank you. Um, So I wanted to hear a little bit about kind of your professional work in Medford and some of the other stuff that you're kind of doing, it sounds like, on maybe a more grassroots level. Um, So could you talk a little bit about
2: Sure. Um, So I run a bookstore and it's a diverse representative bookstore called Book Wonder. It's in South Medford and we're housed inside the Four Good Vibes gift shop. Mm. So um, Becca um, Pierce Whelan and Emily Pierce are a big reason why I was able to start Book Wonder because they keep the lights on and you keep us staffed and they helped me um, get started back last uh, fall of 2019. Mm. So, um, which, uh, kind of forget the year because of COVID, but (laughs) yeah, so it's been, uh, we just celebrated our two year anniversary, which is pretty exciting um, for book wonder. But anyway, so book wonder, we um, feature uh, books and graphic novels that um, center on black and brown lives, uh, AAPI, um, people of color, um, gender diverse and um, individuals, women and girls, um, the LGBTQ plus community, um, as well as neurodiverse individuals and people with disabilities. Mm. It's a mouthful, but very important that we are reading those stories, putting those in front of our kids, and our teens are having access to that. And I also have those books for adults.
0: Yeah. Can you say a little bit about kind of what led you to start this company?
2: Sure. So um, uh, you'll have to excuse me as I figure this out. I'm not used to doing podcasts, but uh, <laughs> you're doing so I started Book Wonder. Um, I actually started it. I'm, I'm one of these people who I get ideas and I think about it for a long time. And I was spending a lot of time as a new mom in um, some of my favorite comic book shops. And um, I started to realize that um, graphic novels, I guess when I was introduced to graphic novels, I was introduced to the Sandman series by Neil Gaiman, which it's, it's fun. It's dark. I do like fun and dark, but it was very... Um, it was very... Uh, it was too much for that period of my life. I wanted to read about interesting perspectives. I didn't necessarily want to read it from the male perspective. And I wanted to see just just different stories that would kind of get me out of my own brain in, in the new parenthood world. Hmm. And, um, and I've always loved Marvel and comic books. And um, to some extent, I was always interested in them, but I never thought they were for me. And then I started going to these comic stores, and I started to realize there were a kid's section... And the first one that really stood out for me was one called Nimona by Noelle Stevenson, mm-hmm. who um, Noelle, I believe, is now they, them and is exploring their gender. And um, what I loved about *Nemona* was it was this amazing character that I think actually if we look at *Nemona* now, Nimona probably is gender expansive or non-binary. Mm-hmm. I think in that book they are... Um, female, but I think it was interesting that they kind of were standing outside of the gender norm, and they were countering the whole like good people versus bad people, and they were like poking fun at like how these stories are kind of um, created in a, it, quite 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 frankly in a binary way without any gray areas, and it just poked at all of that and threw it to the wind. Mm-hmm. And Nimona was this amazing shape-shifting character that I just fell in love with and wanted to be, mm-hmm. and. Um, And then I just started to get hungry for more. And um, I started to see more like they were coming out slowly, but they were coming out. Mm. Um, And uh, around the time where I started to realize that Marvel was doing something amazing, not in the cinematic universe, um, but in their um, comics, they were creating these uh, comics geared for teens and young readers. And actually, thanks to um, uh, Sam and Nicole at the library, I was pointed in the direction of the world of, for example, Latina queer superhero, America Chavez, and mm. Squirrel Girl, a female superhero who eats nuts and kicks butts, and Miss <laughs> Marvel, a Pakistani-American hero who's Muslim and had the choice to become a blonde, blue-eyed superhero mm. like Carol Danvers, her predecessor, and decide, no, I'm going to be myself and make that into a mm-hmm. superhero. And it was so inspiring. And I just I felt like my fellow um, community and parents didn't really know these existed. And I would talk about them. and. And Mm. people would just be like, what are you talking about? Like, a hero is Captain America, a hero is Iron Man. Mm. And maybe if we saw a woman hero is Black Widow. Mm. It was like, but wait. And then I started to read even more about Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, and realized, like, that she actually, she both has a history of being in heterosexual and in a queer relationship. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why aren't aren't we seeing that in the media? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I got really fascinated by that. And then um, I realized that there was this real... I guess I should I should pause because I was thinking about it a lot in terms of the LGBTQ plus community. And then I was also thinking about stories featuring non-white characters, uh, particularly where we're talking about anti-racist education and reading these books specifically on that. It's like, well, part of that is to read like um, Jerry Craft's New Kid and Class Act series, which are focusing on. Um, black and brown characters and the microaggressions they feel at school and like Mm -hmm. why isn't that a required reading for all of our kids Mm -hmm. and um, and being inspired by local community members like Dr. Divya Nand who you had on your podcast who um, has taught me so much and has opened my mind so much about the whole idea of like who is this book not just like who is this book featuring but who is it written for who is it benefiting Mm -hmm. and I just I realized we needed to make that stuff all these books more accessible. Mm -hmm. And when you go to a comic book store, your bill is usually very high. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I mean, yay for comic book stores and and keeping the illustrators paid and keeping those bookstores open. But also there had to be a way to get these books in our school libraries, in our classrooms. Mm -hmm. And honestly, for a lot of the focus for me, it was um, in the hands of children during COVID when our big library was closed for renovations Mm -hmm. and there was a brief period where they were closed entirely and our school libraries weren't accessible Mm. and obviously our classrooms weren't because our kids were home and so it became this very like how do I create a space where these books are both accessible affordable and potentially also free Mm. (laughs) and so um, that's a very long-winded way to say that I felt like there wasn't a space for me or for my parent friends or for women gender fluid folks um, in this like General comic book environment. It felt very male centered and male focused. And even when they didn't, when they tried to reach out to perhaps women, it would be like, well, we have an event for women, but you can't bring your sons because it's for women. (laughs) It was just like, well, that's not very doable for a (laughs) parent. So, um, And I don't want to talk badly about any of the wonderful places that I've been because I do love to support stores um, and keep local businesses open. So I think it was just like,
0: how can I add to what the offer is? It sounds like you had this experience of going into comic book stores, places that you loved and not seeing yourself reflected in some of the, some of the books there. Right. And having had that experience sort of using that to create this business and then be expansive of gender, but also inclusive of race and, Um, ethnic diversity as well
2: yeah and even beyond myself I mean it was even the way interactions with staff would go Mm. it was just very like dismissive or that's the kids section or it's over there and it wasn't a priority in those establishments um and I say that now having uh, encountered amazing amazing stores like All She Wrote Books in Assembly Mm. which um, is a feminist and queer bookstore and Omar's um in, in Lexington, which has taught me so much about zines and queer graphic novels and um, is run by an individual with Down syndrome. Mm. And so it's just a beautiful, wonderful establishment. So there are definitely places like that that are now becoming, there are now rising up and mm. becoming more prevalent, which is so wonderful. But I wanted to be able to kind of cut a slice of that into the, like the used model where mm. my books would be priced lower. I could buy books from, local library sales and local shops, Mm -hmm. Um, one of my favorites being Book Rack in Arlington, which they're just such wonderful people (laughs) over there Um, and support local while also kind of like this double mission of like, let's keep local businesses alive. Let's get these very important stories easy to find and in front of people. And then what later developed into Oh, let's create a little free diverse library. Mm. And I'm going to pause because that is an idea that's not original to me. It's Mm. Sarah Kramer, who started the Little Free Diverse Library um, Initiative, which is now known as Diverse Stories. And Sarah uh, was an Arlington resident, I believe she's now in New York City. Mm. Um, And she, I had reached out to her when she started a whole movement to diversify um, the kind of books we were seeing in our Little Free Libraries. Mm. And so she, it was particularly after George Floyd, she was like, look, I'm not going to just sit here, I'm going to." i'm going to push this and anyone who wants to start a diverse library reach out to me i'm going to help you Mm -hmm. and she was able to raise money she gave us all anyone who reached out to her a seed kind of a bag of of several diverse books Mm. and off we went and um and she i will credit her for helping me start the little free diverse library outside Mm. of the book wonder store in south medford which Mm. i think the location is very important being Mm. in south medford in a place where our local school just changed its name to the Missituck School yeah. from Columbus, and yeah. race is a very, very um, charged topic yeah. and um, as well as uh, LGBTq plus issues where yeah. we've had um, a local trans family who was the victim of um, homophobic uh, graffiti a mm. couple several times in fact Mm, (laughs) um so it feels very very important to have these stories right there in the mobile community for the kids teens adults people taking the bus anyone can get a hold of yeah i
0: have so many questions i could ask you I, i i'm you're making me think about a couple of things like um one thing that dr Anand had said about um being critical right thinking critically about these books and thinking critically about like who they're for and um making that available to people and and I also talked to Sam at the library earlier today, and she was talking about how books are important because you know I was struck by all the th- different things the library offers besides books, right and she was saying, you know books are really important, but you need to take what you learn from those books and like put it into practice, create something and so i 'm wondering about like what your hope is in what that will mean for these little diverse libraries, so how do you hope the city of Medford will sort of use these offerings, or like how do you hope that it will create change or or you hope it'll create change within the city.
2: Thanks for asking that and I think I just want to give credit where credit is due that I'm not the first to you know a, as you mentioned Sam so Nick is an amazing treasure in our community mm-hmm. as well as Nicole um, at the uh, teen librarian at the library really everybody at the library but those two um, individuals in particular um, have shown me from the beginning how we can provide these representative stories and put them in front of our kids mm-hmm. um, and i've seen sam's work firsthand um, providing these kind of programming at the schools and have been in admiration and i think my hope and then there's friends like um i'm sure my friend's gonna kill me for saying her name out loud but my friend ingrid i'll just leave it at that is so inspiring and she has started a very important um diverse book initiative at the Missituk school library where we um, have books of many different languages the Missituk has um, many different languages spoken there including Um, Portuguese, Spanish, Chinese, um, an Arabic dialect. Um, I feel like I'm missing a very important one. Oh, Haitian Creole. And um, Ingrid had worked with library staff to kind of expand that um, selection, as well as just adding diverse books into the library along with um, my friend, Christina and and myself and Michelle and Claire, and I could go on, but Mm. there's a big parent network that wants to support this diverse initiative and as well as queer books because and we've we've met a little resistance along the way with some queer books mm-hmm. um and it's just getting those in the hands of kids who are as young as kindergartners, mm-hmm. and and part of the difficulty is the industry and and like you and i have spoken off off podcasts it's just it's hard because the industry is still catching up in many ways mm-hmm. i mean it's it's still really hard to find a, a middle grade book with queer, uh, protagonists, um, transgender, non-binary, it's like, we need those stories written. Mm. Um, we're starting to see more and more of these, like, Owl Diary type books featuring black and brown characters, um, Asian characters, Indian characters, uh, and, and, and 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 talking to Melanie um, McLaughlin, our school committee member, you know, she had funded a initiative to buy many books on neurodiversity Mm. um, and and people with disabilities. And I found how difficult it was even to find those kind of books. Like Mm. you have a smattering, maybe a few in YA, some in middle grade and and picture books. Those kind of books read off like a like a grocery list right Mm -hmm. now. And we need some really much deeper journeys into those worlds. So. I guess I'm, I'm rambling, but I think my point here is that um, it's very important that these books are available both at the school library but also within the classrooms themselves. I see with my kid who's in third grade, you know, they t- they pick a book out of the classroom library every day. And something that's worth noting is that the teachers are funding those. Like mm. our our, I mean, I'm just gonna say our poor teachers. They're expected to do so much, mm. including create an entire classroom library. Right. And so what I've done, kind of in a gria type way, I guess is the way to say it is work with teachers on an individual level to say, can I provide these books to Mm. you? Let me help you. Mm -hmm. And I take the proceeds, a portion of the proceeds from Book Wonder to fund both my little free diverse library, to add these diverse books to libraries throughout the city, particularly at schools, Mm. and um, to put these books within school libraries and the school classroom. So that is the hope is to eventually have, whether it's somebody who steps up, I mean, wouldn't it be amazing to have Dr. Anand um, in that role or or somebody with those kind of credentials to be a diversity and inclusion, um, I guess librarian is the right term, or or book expert or inclusion expert who is Mm -hmm. literally working with teachers, making these books available, and not just giving the books, but as my friend Ingrid always reminds me, also providing curriculum Mm -hmm. and real training to how to do that. But at the same time, I'm saying that, I still am reflecting upon what... Dr. Nan said about, is the point of this to educate our white teachers to teach our diverse kids or to provide these resources so diverse kids see their experience? Mm. And I think the purpose is hopefully both the window and mirror experience, you know, to see into other cultures, to open your perspective, to widen your view. Um, But I do, I also see, and I'm not blind to the fact that as a white person, doing this, that I have a lot to learn and a lot to listen to. And I feel like I'm constantly in the state of, Mm. you know, and I hope people listening feel like they can call me up and talk to me and and, and say, you know what, actually, I prefer you say it this way or or think about it that way. I mean, I feel like I always need to be open minded about Mm. how I'm approaching that and not just to come in and do the, hey, here I am, white Mm -hmm. volunteer going to save the day Mm because that's not my intention at all. I want to support what has been done. Uh, work like Dr. Nand has done in the Medford school system, um, and work that the teachers are doing and the training they've done, and training like Sam and Nicole have that I don't mm-hmm. have. You know mm-hmm. that how can I support those efforts? Mm. I think the big thing I've always thought about with anything I do in Medford is how do I help a process, understanding that it, there's probably been steps taken before me, and it's not about tromping over those steps and doing it my way, but how can I support what exists? Yeah. And sometimes that means ripping it all down and trying again but Mm. is there a way to support some efforts that have been done in the past and Mm. so so it's it's never so easy as oh i just want to give books to a teacher it's okay how can we really structurally address this yeah so i guess my dream is i'll have a beautiful wonderful bookstore of my own (laughs) and somehow we'll be able to address the structural issues of why most of the books in classrooms and in libraries still focus on white cis um heterosexual characters and how Mm. can we expand that to really reflect our student population and our world at large sure
0: and can you tell us where to find the diverse library
2: sure (laughs) so the diverse library first of all my store is book wonder at four good vibes in south medford it's at 392 main street Mm -hmm. um not very good with websites but i'm on facebook and instagram at b book wonder so that's b e book wonder with the idea being that we're all book wonder and it's a re kind of a restyle of boy wonder. It's like, nope, we're all the superhero here. Mm. We can all step in and put on that cape and we don't even need a cape. We can just be superheroes in our own way. Um, and the Little Freed Library is located in front of our store. It's bright teal and hopefully we'll get an arts grant and then it will have some really cool art on it that reflects Black Lives Matter sentiments and um, trans lives. Uh, positivity and LGBTQ plus positivity
0: and awesome. all that good stuff. So Great. Well, I was like really excited to get going on this topic that I forgot to ask you the question in the beginning about ah, food. So we um, get out of it. <laughs> if we could go back to that. So everything I've been asking all of my uh, guests about their favorite spot to eat in and what they like to eat there.
2: Okay. I love this question. And I've, every time I listen to your episodes, I'm like, what would I say? So <laughs> I'm going to, um, I have to say especially during the pandemic where we ordered out a lot and let's be honest we don't we don't really like to cook in our house so we order out a lot but one of my absolute favorite places is real gusto in medford mm. and part of it is just Matteo and francesca have always been supportive of our community work whether we do cleanups or just bringing the community together and um particularly when i was part of the medford community coalition they were always so supportive mm. but also their food is just so delicious and i have a garlic allergy Oh. Um, which is really tough. And they cook things in the um, the Tuscan style, so they don't use garlic in their sauce. They use celery root, so I can oh. eat all their sauces. Wow. And
0: so I dream about their ravioli and their carbonara. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to add? Um, I guess I, I just want to acknowledge,
2: um, particularly the episode... Um, from this season with um, um, Simi and, and Divya that I'm so in admiration of the work that they're doing. I hope that what Book Wonder is doing can benefit them or benefit their efforts. Um, I have donated to Divya and I believe her partner's name is Kate on that project, mm-hmm. um, the housing the community, um, calendar. community calendar. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I can do more to support what Dr. Non's doing in the community. And I also just really appreciate what Simi um, is doing with her uh, Loving Little Minds company. And it looks like there may be a future partnership where we work together to try to get diverse books into um, into the schools, Wonderful. so more more diverse books, I should say. Yeah. There are diverse books in the schools, <laughs> enhancing the selection that is there. Yeah.
0: Awesome, great. Well, I really appreciate your time today. And um, I you. was able to get uh, Divya shared an advanced copy of the calendar with me and it's beautiful. So oh, I hope people are, Donating to the campaign and getting their own copies. Yes, everyone donate donate. to Divya's (laughs) campaign. It's amazing. (laughs) Well, Melanie, thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you to Melanie, Sam, and Cole. As Sam mentioned, the current temporary space for the library will close on Saturday, December 4th at 5 p.m., and the new library on High Street will open on Monday, January 3rd. On Saturday, January 15th, there will be a public open house and ribbon-cutting ceremony at 10 a.m. As always, if you have feedback about this episode or ideas for future episodes, you can email medfordpod at gmail.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, what's the name of the podcast? never Bites! I
2: Bites! <cười> hư go